Welcome. This is Zikana Day Unplugged. Today is Tuesday, September 18th. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist, and with me today are Mark Pender in the U.S. and Jeremy Hawkins in London. Mark, I know it's early on, Uh but have you seen any estimates of the damage from Florence? Oh, well, we'll start off with Florence. No, I haven't. Um, I think it will probably, of course, pale uh, in in, uh, relation to what we saw last year. Uh, that hit uh, Texas and Florida, we can probably expect to see some gyrations and jobless claims coming up, probably not in this report, but in next week's report. And of course, we may be able to see a little bit of a jump in uh, maybe next month in uh, auto sales in that area. And I really don't think it's going to be a, a major economic event. Okay. And Canada has still not been resolved, even though new tariffs have been placed on China. And China, just before we got on the call, announced that they were levy tariffs on about $60 million worth of U.S. goods in retaliation. Right. Mm-hmm. $60 billion. Uh, for, mm-hmm. Yeah. And China has reduced the volume of tariffs that it will collect on these products. The tariffs... Le- the tariff rates will be leveled, levied at a 5 and 10% rate instead of the previously proposed 5, 10, 20, and 25, according to the Chinese finance, finance ministry. Uh, China will also impose a 10% tariff on U.S. products it previously designated for the rate of 20% and 25%. Now, again, now, um, uh, I was I was looking at these reports. I hadn't seen the um, the smaller breakdown in the tariffs. Does that mean that this is not a, a, an exact hit for tat that they had um, threatened before? Well, I, I think these lower rates are in response to um, the U.S. rates being cut to 10% uh, inst- instead of the 20% initially announced. Uh-huh. So, so then they are uh, it, it, It's comparable. a tit-for-tat kind of deal. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, President Trump just said earlier this morning that um, if China were to retaliate, and this is all within the last hour, I think we've gotten this news, right, um, that he uh, would impose another $267 billion. Um, so I guess that's in play. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, the new tariff measures by China will take pl- effect the same day as ours take uh, effect, namely on September 24th. Uh-huh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's more than just um, products, you know, and these products are pretty, uh, you know, wide ranging. Uh, the ones that uh, we imposed uh, on uh, printed uh, on circuit boards is a major, of course, um, product as well as network equipment. I think the stock market's getting a benefit, at least the NASDAQ, that the iPhone was excluded, at least from this initial initial round. Um, but we'll see, you know, if he's if we're going to get another round, if uh, if that uh, will be uh, will actually be a, become a target. Um, and and like the tariffs are like are just products, goods are just one thing. You know, we haven't talked about service. And it's kind of odd that it's so miss, uh, 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 missing in, all, in this debate or this uh, these actions that we're not seeing um, service uh, services targeted. And this is major. Th- these are very uh, a large um, a piece of our of our trade. And um, um, but 
Aside from goods and services, uh, we have the risk now that China can devalue its currency uh, or it can begin selling off U.S. treasuries. So these are um, impacts to the capital markets that have to be watched. Mark, yeah. I gonna, sorry if I can drop. I'm going to ask you about that. Can we go back? What you know, earlier on this year, and you look at you know, the dollar renminbi rate. We're trading what around about six twenty five, and now we're up around what six eighty five, knocking on six ninety. So we're talking yeah. about yeah ten percent depreciation already. So that's Steady. already taken a chunk out the tariffs. Yeah, but the, you know it's so glacial there uh, that uh, movement and uh, Chinese uh, currency. It'd be interesting to see uh, if those if that pace picks up, uh, and um, it you know it it really does open the door to a lot of uncertainties. Uh, you know, um, uh, and we haven't really seen too much reaction. I don't think have we seen much uh, in the capital markets, uh, Jeremy. I- I don't think there has been to date. I think there's still this kind of underlying belief, or at least a hope, that it's just going to blow over. And uh-huh. if you, you know, shut your eyes for long enough and reopen them, then nothing's really happened. But of course, uh-huh. it remains to be seen how true that's going to be. Well, that creates the risk that if there is a reaction, then that reaction will be a pent-up reaction and be, you know, exaggerated. Very much so. Yeah. Um, it's a big unknown. And turning back to goods, the effect on goods... Um, Really, we haven't seen, other than we've been seeing a decline in uh, U.S. uh, food exports, and that could be tied to China not buying soybeans. The breakdown, I haven't seen the breakdown per category like that, but I've seen the the overall numbers, and they've been a little bit declining. But otherwise, um, we haven't seen much uh, definitive visible impact from these tariffs. The steel has been coming up, going down. It's it's choppy as it usually is. So it's hard to, to say what these events are. So we're kind of looking out into some great unknown fog. And so um, is, sorry, is there much in the PMI, PMI surveys? Because one thing we have noticed in Europe is mm-hmm. if you're looking at some of the export components of the PMIs, they've certainly come off over the course of the last couple of months or so, which may give perhaps some early warning signs that, you know, growth of world trade mm-hmm. is slowing. Well, what I've seen is that uh, export growth in these uh, anecdotal or small sample reports have been um, steady and firm, and they've been uh, consistently below overall uh, uh, order growth. And uh, so that shows you that the domestic economy is the primary, at least for the U.S. ones, is the primary uh, focus for the, the people who uh, respond to these samples. Um, and that's a kind of a reminder that the domestic American market is so gargantuan, and that's probably still another important reason why it's been a limited reaction so far in the U.S. markets. Well, there were a lot of uh, anticipatory purchases as well, Mark, that, Uh you know, probably even things out for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting really? to see what the time frame will be. Um, you know, something like tracking treasury, uh, uh, Chinese treasury holdings. It's important to note that uh, part of the demand for or the part of Chinese demand for U.S. bonds uh, is that they're getting a lot of dollars from all the U.S. Uh, purchases. And if those go down, they'll have less dollars that they'll, you know, available to buy treasuries. That's even without a, you know, uh, a, a lack of, uh, intentional lack of, uh, of interest in U.S. bonds. But that will take several months before we start seeing uh, any kind of data. We would likely see before that um, an unusual or a, 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 an 
a rising increase in, in treasury yields, which they've been inching up, but we've, they've been pretty contained this year. But if we start seeing that accelerate, the talk will be, before we get to statistics, that it could be China. Very good, Mark. Thank you. Jeremy, what's new on the other side of the pond? Well, I suppose you could quickly kick off with what's old, and that's the um, the central bank announcements from last week. So the ECB, we can really dismiss that pretty quickly. There was absolutely nothing new in that whatsoever. So the quantitative easing program continues to uh, plan to be end uh, come the end of this year. So no quantitative easing as of 2019. Uh, the asset purchases halved down to 15 billion a month as of next month. Uh, and interest rates are still according to their forward guidance at current levels. So the benchmark refi rate at zero um, for at least the best part of the year or so. I suppose you know, the question marks from, from our side is still very much whether or not the economic figures will allow them to stick with their current timetable. Uh, we saw uh, the dip in underlying inflation in the last report for August, which they won't have wanted. And also we've had uh, negative readings on both retail sales and industrial production for July and really no improvement in the more forward-looking PMI indicators as well. So at the moment, it still looks as if quantitative easing will be finished by the end of 2018, but say there's at least still some risk that they may have to extend it into next year. The other central bank meeting last week, of course, was the Bank of England and really the same sort of story out of that as well. No changes in interest rates. So the bank rate stays at 0.75% and no changes in quantitative easing either. Uh, that, again, was another unanimous 9 naught decision in favour of those of that lack of move, I should say. So, again, that increases the likelihood that we won't see any kind of additional changes in rates for some considerable while. Uh, and indeed, just looking at the upcoming numbers out of the UK this week, it's quite an important week for the UK. We'll have the inflation figures for August tomorrow, retail sales on Thursday. Um, they're two of the more important indicators and both are expected to be relatively soft. So looks as if um, you know, interest rate expectation will be on hold for cut round current levels until after Brexit. Um, with regards to Brexit, it's worthwhile mentioning that, of course, we got the big EU leaders summit summit coming up in October. But before then, this week, there'll be an informal meeting of the EU leaders, including our Prime Minister, Mrs May. That will be taking place on Thursday. Now, they won't actually be making any specific or negotiated points per se. They need to have the European Commission on board to do that. They have the sole negotiating rights. But it will give an opportunity at least to try and you know, address some of the ongoing issues and see if they can get a little bit close before they get to the October meeting itself. Um, we have seen the pound rally over the course of last week, week or so, very much in the hope that we're going to get some kind of trade deal being agreed once we get into October. And increasingly, it seems as if sort of, you know, the magic word over here is ambiguity, an ambiguity in the sense that the wording, whatever the agreement is going to be, is going to be so bland and so loose that effectively it doesn't really give either the Remainers or the Brexiteers anything to actually complain about. Indeed, it's now been referred to as some kind of blind Brexit we may actually end up with, which effectively still kicks the old Brexit can further down the road. And it means that once Brexit has taken place, you know, the real nitty gritty will have to be thrashed out during the transition period, which will run through to the end of 2020. But at any rate, as I mentioned, markets do seem to be getting a little bit more optimistic that we 
will get some kind of uh, deal. Uh, were that not to happen, then certainly we're going to see sterling come under a lot more pressure with knock-on effects for UK markets across the board. Now, quickly round off with this week's um, um, central bank meeting, the, the Swiss National Bank. Again, same story there. No change expected in interest rates. So the, the central bank target corridor for three months, Swiss franc LIBOR, has expected to stay pegged at the current minus 1.25% to minus 0.25%. And the key deposit rate, their benchmark rate, to remain at minus 0.75%. The Swiss National Bank won't be happy with the appreciation we've had in the Swiss franc, where it's up about 6% against the euro uh, since late April, early May time. So it didn't do anything to even just to drop a hint that it might want to raise interest rates, despite stronger economic growth for fear of you know stoking more capital inflows into the Swiss franc. And as Mark was talking about earlier, if we do start to see problems with current accounts, deficits, worries, and so on, then because Switzerland is such a huge current account surplus, it's going to disproportionately benefit from any read new turbos in emerging markets or anything like that. So it should be neutral as far as the SMB is concerned on Thursday, but keep an eye on the currency, particularly the euro-Swiss franc cross. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Mark. I'll speak to you next week.